Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast here with Benji as normal. This show is supported by Lacole and it's the recap of Tour de Polonia stage one. I guess you probably haven't seen it. That's because... The sale of the live rights to this race seems to be the worst of any World Tour race in this year on the calendar. There's no rights in uh, UK, Netherlands, Spain, Italy, I think, either. I'm probably missing a fair few countries. Well, in Belgium, it's like on Proximus, but What's that? I don't even know where I can find that. So I What's guess. Proximus? <laughs> so it's basically like a, an ISP, uh, an internet provider, but also a TV provider and so forth. Right. And they probably have like one channel they do it on, I guess. But those are the ones that had the women's race and didn't comment on it. So oh, I don't expect yeah, quality. <laughs> so luckily in Andorra, I get the Le Keep stuff in France. It thinks I'm in France. So fantastic for me. Uh, we had Bora Hansgrohe posting tweets with screenshots from Tiz, which is always hilarious when a corporation literally publicly shows himself committing an illegal act. Um, they still haven't deleted them, even though people called it out, including myself. And it's just all a bit of a shambles, re- really. Like normally, uh, it doesn't have to go to Eurosport GCN every single race. They don't need a monopoly, but you should probably sell it to someone in the major cycling jurisdictions uh, like the UK, Spain, Italy, etc. And so Infront have taken the rights for a tour of Poland. They've tried to sell them, I think, separately uh, rather than bundled with Flanders Classics and other portfolio they have. And maybe, I'm guessing, could be a number of things. Eurosport were like, "Why well, we're not going to pay that fee for a one-off, one-week race that no one really cares about except me and Benji. Uh, or... It's timing with Olympics or maybe there was a problem with, I don't know. It's just really weird what's happened with the sale of the rights here and it's certainly not great for Tour of Poland. Barely anyone's able to watch this outside of Poland pretty much. And it's also not good for sponsors. I know I'm getting a bit long-winded here, but when you put races behind a paywall, it, it already reduces sponsor exposure. And then when you don't even sell them in some countries, like what are half these teams even getting out of sending their riders to this race? Anyway, long-winded rant. I'll introduce our show partner, LaCole, before Benji tells you the break. LaCole produced performance cycling apparel produced and manufactured at the base of Monte Grappa in Italy. There's the McLaren Project Aero collaboration, but there's also the lightweight summer collection for if you're doing hot mountain climbs if you're going to watch the Vuelta at the end of this week and get in, back into it uh, get some inspiration in the summer check out Lacole's uh, lightweight collection on their website www.lacole.cc they also have a massive Strava club uh, one of the biggest I think on Strava with plenty of discounts if you complete certain activities but Benji the break in Tour de Polonia not particularly threatening Yes, certainly. We've got a three-man break with Mikael Paluta, Fedorov and Bennett. Sean Bennett, that is, not Sam Bennett. And that breakaway just survived for a bit, took some KOM points. We have Paluta being the king of the mountain, winner 
at the moment after the stage, and then the break got called because Bahrain and the Koenig and such were all interested in the stage. But next to that, another break formed, and three men uh, escaped once again, Jos van Emden, Antoine Duchesne, and Tom Scully. But once again, that break got called eventually, and we went to the sprint. But one important note is that before all of this, Akaman is out. He stepped out of the race <laughs> somewhere funny. in the middle of the race. And it was because he was apparently ill the last week and wasn't well, at hundred percent. Okay, yeah. That part <laughs> I'll preface, yeah. If he's if he's ill, that's not funny. But yeah, sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about this is that they've got a team here that is well supportive of him. They've got <laughs> Berghardt, Schwarzman. They're not the Bonner. biggest lead out riders on their team, but they're here to help Ackerman and now their leader has gone off to half a day because they sent someone that is semi-ill. So, I don't know. Perhaps it wasn't a good idea. I don't know. I, got, I hope he's okay. But um, I did laugh and, you know, I, I joked, I think, um, you know, maybe he's hung over from celebrating that obscene contract he just signed with UAE and he's not in fighting shape. That <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't surprise me either. So, yeah, kind of stuffed their ambitions. Like, he would have been top favourite for today's stage, which I should preface by the way is uh, uh so long 220 k's uphill cobbled finish not sure benji said they started at 130 it finished at like 630 just outrageous stuff um and yeah Ackerman was a big favorite for this stage uae after he's gone it really fell to uae who have gaviria here bahrain with Bauhaus and his boys hausler morich seberg kapeki inkla to koenig have quick men a quick man sorry hodge who's going to UAE, got announced today. Check out our transfer pod uh, on podcast players with all those, those signings. And they've got Steels, Garrison, Declerc, Cavagna, I guess, doing the lead-up. We've also got David Decker for Yumbo Visma. Benji and I keeping an eye on him. And the, the uh, debut of Biniam Guramay at Intermarche today on the finish that suits him, similar to the Burgos finish, came sixth in maybe last year. But Cavagna, Benji... It wasn't really taking control, was he? He was kind of was he sort of attacking in the last six k's? I kind of, I was trying to figure out what he was doing. Yeah, it was a bit in between. He was trying to like set up a high pace, but I think Cavanaugh was setting such a high pace that gaps opened behind him and that people couldn't follow. And we saw that several domestics of other teams just blatantly went to the side and were like, "Okay, my job is done here. I can't follow this man." And the TGV just kept on rolling for a bit. And honestly, I love him in that French shirt. Absolutely love him. He kept on rolling. And the thing with Koenig there was going from six to five to four kilometers. I felt like the rider they were missing was Hodge. He was in like 20th position and they had two riders at the front. I think it was Cavagna and Garrison. And then Almeida came over on the left side of the road, passing everybody in the wind comes to the front as well to help out, but Hodge is still sitting in 20 wheels. So from that point on, I was waiting, okay, is he going to come forward at some point? Because uh, I was expecting that. Yeah, I just positioning, it was pretty important. His finish was quite like, it was wide, but it was very twisty and turny. There was a last corner where Ineos were keeping their riders in good position. They appeared to be going for uh, Kwiatkowski, perhaps, I just didn't see that, to be honest. It wasn't hard enough for Kvyatkovsky when you actually yeah. looked at it. It would have been better to try some attacks maybe with Moscon and co uh, to, if you actually wanted to win this stage. But, yeah, positioning was really important. And all the trains, no real dominant train took over. You were watching Decker, Benji. Like, where was he with, say, a K to go? Well, Decker was in 25th position totally alone. And... I saw the last three kilometers, I looked at him and I, I did, just didn't see anyone around him. And 
That stayed the same for the last three kilometers. He slowly moved up a few places, but you can't move up 20 places that easily without a single teammate trying to get you to the front end. I feel like there was one team that somewhat took control in the last kilometer, and that was Quick Step going into that final uh, few corners with, indeed, Cavanaugh still doing that. But then the other riders of that team, Almeida also helping out, being the second rider behind Cavanaugh, setting a bit of pace. And that actually opened up a bit of a problem for others because... Going into, I think, 400 meters to go, it was entirely stretched out and we had the Koenig riders in the top four of that peloton and there was one Bahrain rider there and the rest of Bahrain wasn't exactly right in his wheel. They were a bit behind with Mohoric and, of course, Bauhaus as well. And that's when that Bahrain rider looked past and looked behind and was like, okay, they're not in my wheel. I'm going to open a bit of a gap and try and get them back again. And that's when Bahrain kicked into action. It was so smart from how so Hausler moves up hard in the right hand side, bringing up Morich. Uh, I think Bauhaus then slides on to Gaviria's wheel, who's on Hodge's wheel, so he's on the two other main favourites for this stage. Morich senses with this cobbled finish and he's quick himself. He slides up the right hand side and he, he's gonna try and have Hausler let his wheel go, which Hausler does. Hausler then tries to move over to the right side to block. Uh, but it's too wide. So Hodge gets onto Morich's wheel. Morich stops his action straight away. And now Hodge is staring down the barrel of 250 meters plus uphill cobble with no lead out. And so he just starts his kick. Gaviria is on his wheel, then Bauhaus. They go over this lip, not looking good for Hodge until Gaviria cracks completely. The man who might be leaving Quickstep, Hodge, the man, the Colombian, going to Quick, uh, to, sorry. Gaviria might be leaving UAE. Hodge might be going to UAE from Quickstep. He's going to UAE. Gaviria loses his wheel and this stuff's Bauhaus. And now Hodge is going off. Bauhaus then has to slowly close this massive gap to Hodge. He's got Hofstetter for Israel on his wheel and nails Hodge on the line who completely runs out of steam. I think if Gaviria hadn't lost that wheel, Bauhaus wins this easily over Hodge, but he kind of got stuffed. Hodge got played a bit by Bahrain's hijinks in the last 400 metres, even though they didn't have a traditional lead-out. It kind of triggered him to to go early. And um, Bauhaus takes, I think, his first ever World Tour win, Benji. Is it? Can't be. Come on. Really? No, no, I made that up. I completely made it up. He won a stage of the Dauphiné in 2017, (laughs) a stage of Abu Dhabi. um, That's still not much. In 2018. I expected more, kind (laughs) of. It feels like he's around forever. I thought he'd never won a World Tour race. He never won a Grand Tour stage. But this year, he's won three dot pros and now a World Tour race, admittedly, at Provence, where he did beat Demar and Co. Then two at Hungary, two, two at Slovenia, now two at Bologna. And um, they're not re-signed yet, but if I was Bahrain, I'd be re-signing the uh, Hausler-Bauhaus combo for right. sure. And Fred Wright, uh, even without him. But yeah, what did you make of this performance from Bauhaus, Benji? I think... Pretty legit, and the margin was closer than it should have been. Yes, certainly. I think that the Hodge move was early because he was too fast at the front of the peloton. And because of that, Hodge had to go, or he'd lose his momentum onto those cobbles towards the line. So Hodge had to go at 400 meters to go. And Bauhaus decided not to respond directly because he was like, okay, there's 400 meters to go. So that begs the question... Did Hodge actually need to go already by then? Because if Bauhaus didn't, why did Hodge need to go already? Um, I don't really know. I don't know what was going through his head. Maybe he's happy he just got the UAE contract and he wanted to 
Um, but yeah, like, I, maybe uh, Benji. Maybe he was maybe close. He didn't so, maybe he didn't go. Maybe he didn't. Maybe Gaviria, knowing that wants to go to quick step back to quick step next year from UAE, lets his Colombian compatriot who's swapping teams with him, lets his wheel go as a favor. Yeah, what okay. Uh, I, th- I think that it's actually not a bad tactic knowing he came so close because Bauhaus had to dig really deep to try and counter what Hodge did here on those cobbles. But in the end, it's also the perfect kind of finish for Hodge in a sprint, I think. A bit of a cobble, slightly uphill sprint always fits him because he's also decent at those uh, those Belgian cobble classics, for example. And uh, I think he I think he won one last year, the GP Vermark, just an unlicensed race, but also very similar uh, kind of cobbles that they need to go over. But anyway, Hodge ends up being just short of a stage win here. Bauhaus very strong. And like you said, Bauhaus might have been on a soft schedule this year, but at least he's winning the races that he goes to. And there's a lot of sprinters that go to a harder schedule and just can't win at all. So he knows his level and he's gradually upping it because Bologna is harder than Slovenia and Hungary in my eyes. So I guess that in the coming days, it wouldn't surprise me if Bauhaus is one of the better sprinters on the flat sprints as well, knowing that I think the flat sprints would on paper suit him better. But do you think that a Gaviria will come in and haunt him a bit or are we expecting too much from a rider that is just not performing very well this season? Gaviria's shape looks terrible. I mean, he completely blew up here. I think he, where did he end up coming? 28th. So it was an easy finish though. Not an easy finish, but his fitness doesn't really seem to be there. I'm not sure what the the next stages look like. I'll have a a preview stage two in a second. Top 10, Bauhaus, Hodge, Hostetter, Edward Turns, Decker, Dion Smith, Jonas Rickart. Girmay. Yeah, Girmay eighth. Nice result for him. Moritz ninth and Kvyatkovsky 10th for Ineos. Not sure if Owen Duhl would have been even better than Kvyatkovsky for this finish, to be honest. Yeah, Um, I I thought the same. And I was thinking as well with... Gaviria being the choice of UAE, I think that I probably would have selected a Kovi for this one, but Kovi ended 16, so perhaps they did that and it failed, I don't know, but I feel like Kovi would be more likely my candidate for a, a hilly uphill cobble sprint, personally. I think Gaviria in form should be doing this, should be coming top three. Yeah, but like Gaviria in form is something we haven't seen in a while. Like, True. At this point, we shouldn't be expecting that, and it's, it's a bit sad, but it's the truth. And like Gaviria in his first year, Trofeo Palma one of those Mallorcan challenges, he would destroy an uphill finish like this. So, yeah, it's he's changed. Yeah, I think without Ackerman here, it definitely changes the complexion of the race and puts a big opportunity for Bauhaus to take some more wins tomorrow's stage. Another one over 200 k, 201 kilometers long, uh, and it's flat for the first half pretty much, or first like 80% rather, and then a collection of three climbs. There's... The middle one's 2Ks at 9.2%, then 3Ks, 6% descent, valley of like 20Ks, and then a 1.5K, 8% final climb. It looks like it's actually steep, then not so steep. So it's actually quite a steep finish. Then like the last mm-hmm. 50 meters is flatter. Looking at who have you got for this stage, Benji? It's got Queer Cost. He's got to come top three, take some bonus seconds here. Yeah, that's a good pick. I think that when it comes to the riders that I do see doing well on this stage, I would... Uh, that's a good question. It's a weak Taking stylist, a look at the isn't stylist it? here for a second. <laughs> ain't, uh, ain't no Pidcock or Roglic here to, eat, to pick easily, is there? <laughs> I think a rider that I would like to see well in is like an Aliotti or a, a Fabro, those type of riders 
on Bora Hansgro because they've got basically those two riders for the stop of terrain. I would say who would I pick over the other? I think Fabro was a better like climber, but when he comes to Punchy, I I'd take Aliotti at this point personally. But now screw it. Turns? Is that too difficult, Mohoric? Edward turns. Uh, Dylan turns the other guy. Oh uh, yeah, I like I like the guys who were <laughs> yeah, fighting turns, no. <laughs> for the the welter stage when uh, yeah. Tim Wellens, Dylan turns. I like uh, they should be up like there. Like inform Clark, but he's not really yeah. shown that with his broken back a few months ago, right? Was it last month? I yeah, he, tour? I thought his back was still broken. I mean, Ulysses got to. This is yeah, perfect true. for him. Like it's it's perfect gradient. It's flat, flatter section at the end. It, it, they've got to be him, or do you think Kobe Benji? Hmm. I think Ulysses will be the choice that they go yeah. for personally. I would hope to see like a Polish rider do well, like a Paterski on his old day, for example. Someone like that doing well, but I think it's likely that it's some of the riders we've mentioned already. Do you think that a Bentolid is punchy enough for a finish like this, knowing that he's gotten very well good results on La Flèche twelve before, uh, for example? It's just not as steep as the Murder Wee. It's just mm-hmm. a bit, yeah, it's just not as hard. Um, I, I do think you need proper kick and speed to win this. That's why I was sort of going yeah. with the uh, Kwiatkowski type guys and Wellens, I think, is more tactically if it goes right for him. But yeah, I'm going to go with who did I say that I liked? I'm never picking Ulysses, even though I should. I should have um, thought about this beforehand. Because- <laughs> I'm going with I'm going with uh, Kwiatkowski. I think it's the safe Polish pick. Okay, I'm gonna go with the uh, unsafe pick, and I'll say get my. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I think I was a bit disappointed with even Garcia Cortina today. This is a sort of cobbled finish that True. really should Morgan's be for him. Twenty third. Yeah, it's just weird results. Um, but yeah, I'll be interested to see who UAE ride for. Uh, but certainly, I don't think a break will win. Uh, I think. No. Aliotti, if now that Ackerman's out, I don't know. And we always can't count out Quickstep. Maybe Benji, we're missing it completely, and Quickstep sent Garrison and yeah. Cavagnar on that last 3K 6% climb. True. Question. Jorgensen, was that not the guy that crashed out on a similar finish while the Ballerini won somewhere? In uh, Tour de la Provence. That was like 3Ks, okay, 5%. Yeah. Not a steep, yeah. Um, yeah. And he's not been in as good a shape the rest of this year. But anyway, that was the Tour de Polonia Stage 1 recap. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, tune in tomorrow for Stage 2. If you want to support the podcast, you can like it down below if you're watching on YouTube or give us a review or a rating on podcast players. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 